The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka's third hour of the uh, Monday extravaganza. You know, this show just sometimes flies by. I look up, it was noontime Eastern when we usually kick off the show, and now we're we're just after 2 o'clock. And we're into the third hour, and I have, I have more to cover. And like we do every Monday, we get to spend some time with our friend, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Uh, you've seen Wendy on television. If you, if you are so inclined, you should pick up her book, which is called Red Flags, and it, it points out how to recognize those frenemies in your life. You know the people you need to cut out. But Wendy and I like to have discussions about just about everything in the world of the politics. And there's certainly been an ample amount of that since we last talked last Monday. Uh, Wendy, how are you doing, my friend? Good. You know, I don't know how you and I managed to narrow it down every week. There are just so many stories to choose from. Oh, today more so. Today is like political whack-a-mole. You know, I got the hammer. And I'm just looking and boom, here comes Comey. And then boom, here comes the FBI replacement. And then boom, here comes the travel ban. And boom, it just, it's endless. I, I just, I, I don't know where to begin. So let, let's look at the, the latest news, which has the president saying the search for the replacement for Jim Comey is moving quickly. And you know me, I'm, I'm all for Trey Gowdy, but everybody goes, not going to happen because he's not bipartisan enough. And then we hear we hear things. We hear things like. Like like um, Lindsey Graham said over the weekend that he thinks it should be somebody from inside the FBI. He thinks it should be somebody who um, has served uh, the agency already. Do you have a pick? Do you have an, an inside source on any of this? You know, I really don't. But one of the things that um, it's going to be definitely characterized by is there's going to be a sort of Neil Gorsuch flavor to it in terms of trying to find somebody not so far on the right or on the left. And, you know, that's going to be probably one of the things that um, 
President Trump has to spend the most time thinking about, because obviously you look at his list, there are some good people on the list. As you say, there's people with some experience. Um, and I know what you mean about Trey Gowdy. It is never going to happen, although he, he certainly probably could do a very good job. Um, but they are looking at, I mean, they're even looking at Andrew McCabe. They're looking at so many different people, but yet they only interviewed about eight over the weekend. So, and saying that they're going to find one this week, one wonders whether this is too much of a rush to to really fill those shoes uh, that maybe could be applied by looking more broadly and taking a little bit more time. I mean, remember, you and I have talked about the pace with which this this administration has done things, oftentimes to its detriment. So, I mean, do we need a replacement tomorrow or Wednesday or this week? Or would it behoove the nation to spend a little bit more time, maybe vet a few more candidates? Well, first of all, major points for getting the word behoove used correctly. <laughs> and and so early in the week, that just that's gigantic. That's huge points. So thank you. Uh, thank, thank you for that. And here's the other thing, though, Wendy, while it seems like it might be quick in terms of what you're what you're saying, if they were to come out and say, let's do this. If they truly have been looking at replacing an FBI director from day one, then wouldn't you expect them to have had in the wings all kinds of possible candidates, replacements? So to me, absolutely. Yeah, to me, it's it wouldn't be a rush. It would be the fact that uh, perhaps they've been thinking about this all along. And perhaps this is one of the things that they had ready. And here's the candidates. And maybe the dance of uh, who we're going to pick is just to to keep some people on the left at bay. I'm going to play you a, a little bitty clip, too. Uh, I go back to Chuck Schumer not long ago when the Democrats were in power. And Schumer was talking about, uh, well, because now he wants to obstruct. But if you if you look now, Schumer is saying, basically, um, we we just want an upper. Schumer's saying he wants to obstruct unless he gets an independent investigation into Russia. But years ago, he was saying this risk of up or down votes in majority rule, then the risk of continued total obstruction. That's the bottom line, no matter who's in power. So he's saying we prefer the up or down vote versus we don't we don't think that there's uh, there's any any need to worry about obstruction. He's saying, let's just have an up or down vote. But now when the shoe's on the other foot, when they're out of power, it's hold on, hold on, hold on. We have yes, to have the I, tapes. We, we have to know if there are tapes and we have to have an independent investigation. And we'd prefer to have an FBI with an acting director versus letting Donald Trump have his pick. So many issues, Mike, so many issues. Let me let me just talk about a couple really interesting points that you made. Uh, it is true. The times change. And, and so do the political ideas about how things should be run. Um, I understand the, you know, the, the trying to get somebody new in there and there should have been a lot of candidates. There actually are a lot of candidates always at all times for all positions. I mean, you remember one of the things that Trump did is they had this rollout of everybody who might be interested in any position, please apply. You can imagine there are lots of people in power that also voice their ideas and, and their interest in, in various positions. Um, one of the things, I mean, you've got people like Mike Rogers, who has FBI experience. Uh, you've got people more on the fringes. You've got those that are more in politics. But one thing nobody is talking enough about is 
why would somebody, let's say, Neil, let's just say somebody like that already has, let me just use Neil Gorsuch as an example, lifetime tenure. Whoever's going to accept that job has to also accept the possibility that he could be fired at a moment's notice, he or she, I should say, or some females in the running as well. There are some people that would be very reluctant to give up a very good job that they have now for an uncertain future with a post like this that's always a lightning rod of controversy and that, in fact, may be a post that's changed again. He may be fired in the future. So it's one of those things where, sure, there's a lot of interest in a position like that, but there's also perhaps a little bit of hesitation for people that are very happy where they are. You bring up a point I hadn't even thought, but here's my question, Wendy. And we're talking to Dr. Wendy Patrick. Find her, wendypatrickphd.com. Wendy, the, the job of director of the FBI is a 10-year position. So you right. come in and you get that 10-year, meant to span at least two presidents to try and guarantee a little bit of uh, impartiality, if you will. And if he's fired like the way Comey was, does Comey get a six-year golden parachute? <laughs> See, that's just it. There's, there's nothing that says you get – it's not like being fired from a television contract where you, your contract runs but you're no longer on the air. This is not the case with the FBI director. No, those, those types of things, I'm sure that there are – you know, people think about that and they, they run the risk. But I feel like there are people that are afraid that they run the risk more in this administration than they would have in past administrations. In other words, it takes less to get you fired is some of the, the thinking around some of this. And that's just based on looking at those three memos, by the way, all dated May 9th, as we talked about, uh, from last week regarding um, the circumstances that led to Comey firing. People would argue, well, it didn't take much. If there was an indication that Donald Trump, as he says, had been thinking about it for a while, it wasn't expressed. In fact, the contrary was expressed both by the president, by the vice president, and by some of his surrogate spokespeople, including Sean Spicer and, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So these are some of the things that perhaps worry those that would like to put in for a position like that that maybe aren't already on the list, because it is a little bit more uncertain nowadays than perhaps it would have been in past administrations. Interesting. Interesting. So you're, uh, see, this, I'm, t I'm withdrawing my name from consideration because I was thinking... Good. You that 10-year guarantee <laughs> would have been good. Can, can I ask you to speculate on something uh, legally from your, put your, your lawyer hat on? That, not that you ever take it off. Uh, this case of this, this malware that infected thousands, tens of thousands of computers around the world, reportedly right. generating billions, or at least over a billion, in ransom based on the estimates we're hearing. Since it was NSA software that was developed and stolen, do we, if someone steals something from me and then uses it to commit a crime, do I bear any responsibility? Well, part of the answer to that oftentimes depends on the steps to which you took to protect it. You know, we live in a day and age where technology is outpacing law, ethics codes, rules, regulations. One of the very first things that anybody looks at is, well, what, for example, what guidelines and what procedures, what kind of protection did somebody like the NSA or, or any organization that's been hacked, what kind of protection did they have in place against an attack like this? In other words, was it by pure negligence? or recklessness that they opened themselves up. They, they made themselves vulnerable to this kind of attack. I mean, this is eerily similar to the discussion we had about 
Hillary Clinton's email server last year. But it's the same kind of analysis is what did we do? What did you do? Whoever it is that the data was stolen from to protect that data, particularly when we're talking about very sensitive data that needs to be protected. You would expect the most high tech protections to be in place to protect those types of secrets. You know, we're often worried about our grid and that we're going to get hit. And we have been hit. Yeah, I almost feel like that we probably get hit more times than you and I hear about. But the answer to your very good question would depend on things like that. It would be an analysis of what did they do to protect it? Because let's face it, if we do everything humanly possible to protect against a certain type of attack and it manages to, to, to take place anyway, there's a lot less liability involved than there would have been if there had been an increased vulnerability due to negligence or recklessness. That's a really long lawyer answer to your really concise question, Mike. Sorry about that. No, I, I understand <laughs> it, but you know, um, yeah. Six years ago, a tree in our yard fell and crushed my neighbor's house. And the neighbor, the neighbor was, you know, thank God nobody was hurt. You know, just it was just stuff that got crushed, totally crushed. The house was a total wipeout. And my insurance company came out and immediately said, do you have anyone looking at these trees? And yeah, a month ago, the guy was here. And said, Here's, here are the trees that need trimming. He trimmed certain trees. So we were deemed to have done the appropriate amount of care and, and preparation for whatever you could see. And this act of God took out the tree, and it was nothing to do with our fault. We weren't negligent, I guess is my statement. So luckily, we didn't have to deal with anything, and her insurance had to pay. But, but for us taking uh, an annual review of the property with an arborist, we could have been on the hook for that, though. And that's, I guess that's the, the simple answer or kind of the condensed non-lawyer answer to what you're saying. So if, if we've taken enough care, I guess we're okay. Hopefully we did take enough care at the NSA and, and put up whatever protections we needed to. But Putin seems you know, to be there's, pointing there's at us. Civil liability, the civil liability and criminal liability, the civil liability you described for the, the tree falling example, three words, duty of care. Uh, duty of care and then breach of that duty and then, of course, damages. That's the negligence claim. But when we're talking about national security, it's very possible with some of these high-level means of protection, there could be instances of criminal liability depending on different circumstances. It gets very complicated, but suffice it to say, the duty of care standard operates there as well. You know, no matter what kind of information we're protecting, we want to make sure, and this comes up all the time with attorney-client privileges, you can't sit at Starbucks and have private conversations because it's free Wi-Fi. Anybody can be on it. So the duty of care also when it comes to high-profile and high-level computer hacking, you can imagine they are held to a far higher standard than, than we would be if we're just you know, doing something that doesn't have those types of secrets for that we're trying to protect. Um, but I got to tell you, you and I are both going to be watching as this case evolves because that was some of the scariest, most frightening news that we heard over the weekend is the extent of that hack. And remember, we still apparently haven't heard the end of it. No, if if anything, uh, I think it's probably gotten the attention of more nefarious operators who are saying that's all it took. And they got how yeah, much money bet. in Bitcoin? And, you know, and this, today was supposed to be another day of hacking. Remember the, the press over the weekend? Oh, that's right. So we'll we'll see. I, I guess so we're all holding so our good. breath. 
Have you <laughs> updated your software, Wendy? Because that's today's vital question of the day. Do you update your software when told? Well, you know, I have a Mac, and thankfully the updates uh, install themselves, but you bet I try to best I can keep up to date on all the different ways to protect yourself and your computer, because a computer going down nowadays, that's like a car being out of service, right? <laughs> I mean, that's a oh. big deal. Your life just stops if your computer stops. So, yeah, that's good news for all your listeners, though. Everybody should make sure that they have the most up-to-date software installed and downloaded to 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 protect the duty of care, <laughs> regardless of what we're protecting, we need to make sure we take those steps now. It's good advice. Good advice. Her name is Dr. Wendy Patrick. She's a friend. She's a regular on this show. And you can find out more about her and her book, Red Flags, at wendypatrickphd.com. Thank you, Wendy. Have a great day. You too. Always a pleasure, Mike. And we will be right back. On the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are um, trying to keep an eye on today's press briefing. Amid all the reports, and I wish I had more time with Wendy, I wanted to ask her what she thinks about the big rumor that Donald Trump's about to do a major shakeup in the White House. A major, major, we're talking uh, seismic shaking. In the White House, people are saying everybody at the top tier could be gone. Do you think that's possible? Would Donald Trump do that 120 days into his presidency? Would he just talk about a a, a Saturday night massacre? This is uh, this is the story. The story of the day is that maybe Ryan's Priebus, maybe Steve Bannon, maybe Sean Spicer. At least that top tier could be gone. And one of the names that's popped up in terms of uh, possible possible spokesperson is Kimberly Guilfoyle from Fox News. Sarah Huckabee Sanders has been filling in, and I thought she was doing an okay job. But maybe, maybe Donald Trump wants to put a little more uh, glitz in his presentation, as it were. And Kimberly Guilfoyle would certainly do that. And she's no stranger to dealing with live situations. So that might be happening. I, I don't know, based on what I've heard, and we have asked everybody that we know, what, what's really going on here? Is this a possibility? I, I'd have to go back and look and see if the, anyone had wiped out their top tier like that this early in an administration. 
Spicer, if you watch him lately, doesn't look to be real happy. And in some ways, the situation with him being the butt of all the jokes on Saturday Night Live is not playing well with the president. And then you add into it last week's, well, can we call it anything other than kind of a a screw-up when he was hiding in the bushes? There are people putting putting just pictures of Sean Spicer's head, life-size pictures of Sean Spicer's head in bushes around D.C. And guess what? They're getting back to the president. So the guy who's representing you, the guy who is viewed as your mouthpiece, is kind of being depicted as a bit of a joke. So it's not just that, that Saturday Night Live has him on, on blast. It's not just that he's... He's being shown as the marquee comedy on SNL in a record-breaking year. But now, now you've got people everywhere putting Spicer's head in bushes and, and sending it back to people. And you know they're hitting Donald Trump's Twitter account. And you know when he's unsupervised and checking out his tweets and the responses, he's seeing some of that. I think Spicer's on the thinnest ice. And very close to him is Steve Bannon. And maybe, just maybe, Priebus at arm's length. And when could it happen? The president's going to leave the country at the end of the week. Would he do it as he was leaving town? Maybe. We'll see. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're also listening to the host who nine weeks ago changed his life by trying something I should have started nine months ago. I'm talking about Relief Factor. If you want to know more, go to relieffactor.com. We hear so many stories from so many people that listen to this show and have told us, I got my left back. I can, I can bend down and, and tie my own shoelaces. I can get down on the floor because I'm not in pain anymore. Relief Factor, it, it's an all-natural anti-inflammatory that I take three times a day. And they prepackage it. The easiest way to test it, get the three-week quick start pack. It's $19.95. Most people see results in about seven days, 10 days. Mine was day eight. I was taking hand, handfuls of those gel cap pain relievers because I have bad knees and a bad back and bad hips from too many years of running too many long distances. And in my late 50s, it was feeling bad until Relief Factor came around. And now that pain is gone. I am not taking any pain relief medicine. Nothing. Not prescription, not over-the-counter, nothing. Nothing. And it's because I called Relief Factor, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. It is Relief Factor. You can find it at relieffactor.com if you need more 
information, don't be suffering. You don't need to. It's all natural. It's, it's your body is going to say, yes, it's, it's helping me. Relieffactor.com. Check it out. We were, we're looking at all kinds of things, and uh, I was challenged by the booth in Dallas uh, when I mentioned that Kimberly Guilfoyle might be, might be bumping Sean Spicy Spicer out. And um, so I, I said, yeah, I took a picture with Kimberly Guilfoyle last year in Cleveland. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Well, I just found it, Mr. Shamont. You're going to see it. So uh, who, who doesn't appreciate that, right? So I will. I'll, you know what? I'm, I'm going to repost it on Twitter and say, perhaps, perhaps a new White House press person. And then I'll get the. The no thank you from Kimberly Guilfoyle's lawyers, right? You know, Wednesday on this show, we talk with Dr. Jorge Rodriguez. And Dr. Jorge and I actually do plan out the topics that we cover when we, when we have our Wellness Wednesday segments. And uh, Dr. Jorge and I were trying to figure out what's, what's the best way to go for this week. And I suggested... I suggested um, a topic that that he didn't jump on right away, and it's it's called. Um, well, I, I don't know if you're ready for this one. He wants to talk about opioid addiction, which is a, a big topic for me. I think opioid addiction is is something we need to address, and so we're going to cover opioid addiction on Wellness Wednesday this week with Dr. Jorge. But I've also asked him to look into the, the rise in sleeping butt syndrome because this apparently is a thing. Are you sitting too long? You could, be, you could be someone who now has gluteal amnesia. I, I'd never heard about gluteal amnesia. And apparently, if you're, if you're in the same chair too long, this can cause damage to the muscles, the, the very large muscles, the biggest muscle group in the body, the gluteus maximus. But the glutes, if they're inactive for too long, it becomes harder for them to engage and move, which leads to pain in the lower back and hips and knees and poor posture. So sitting around for hours can also lead to, I, I don't want to get too clinical here, a flat behind. They say that flat butt syndrome is also part of sleeping butt syndrome. I did not know that we had sleeping butt syndrome, but there it is. Uh, the, the, other, um, the other topic that we're going to get, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for Dr. Jorge to get deep into sleeping butt syndrome because he's, he's the medical professional and, and he, will, he will help us understand it. And give us ideas on how to combat sleeping butt syndrome. Jeffy, um, you might want to listen to the show on Wednesday. I'm just saying. Just, you know, tune in. There's also breaking news on something else that I've been fascinated by. Uh, if, you, if you have read the book The Hot Zone from, I guess it's about 15 years ago now. It might even be longer. The Hot Zone and there's another book called The Deadly Feast which is, is about uh, the Ebola virus and how it, how it came about. Both of these are true stories. 
if you pick up the hot zone, uh, Preston's book, Richard Preston's book, and you dive into it, I guarantee you're not going to be able to put it down. And you will. I did not sleep when I first picked up the hot zone because the, the idea that something so simple as the Ebola virus could be around for tens of thousands of years lurking and just waiting for the opportunity to explode and in, infect and destroy people everywhere. It's so fascinating to me because these are tiny single strand viruses that live in, in the simplest of places. And now most of the Ebola that we know about is in Africa. There's been an outbreak in the Congo and the World Health Organization has, has declared the outbreak. And they're saying this could be an epidemic. There are th- only three people dead and only six people infected. But now they, they have like a rapid strike force that will come into the area in the Congo and try and build basically a wall around that group of people who've been exposed to it to prevent it from getting out. However, it, um, it's so far out in the middle of nowhere that nobody knows if somebody could have gotten through the perimeter. It took 10 days before a sample of the guy who they thought had it, before his blood could get to Kinshasa and be tested. And by that time, the original patient and the guy who drove the motorcycle who took him to the hospital had died of Ebola. So anybody worried? So if it took you 10 days to get from the village where you contracted it to the city where you were, you were going to have your blood tested and you didn't make it, but 10 days, that means those, that opportunity to make contact with people all along the way means the live virus was able to possibly be passed on from village to village to village. That's just a, a small example of how this kind of a virus takes hold in a region. They said this one, and they name Ebola based on the area of the outbreak. This, this Ebola confirmed to be the same virus that they found in Zaire. And they're now giving all the health workers their protective gear. However, they're concerned that they are closing the barn door after the horse is already out. I'm just saying. This, this is a dangerous watch this situation story that uh, if we don't pay attention, uh, we're going to be having another event like we had a couple of years ago when we all worried whether or not the Ebola virus was coming here to America. And we had a couple of close calls. So uh, I'll watch it. We'll check in with Dr. Jorge. So this week on Wellness Wednesday, we'll obviously get an Ebola update. We will deal with the the scourge of sleeping butt syndrome and how to fight it. And Dr. Jorge wants to talk about opioids, and so do I, because it is one of the more serious problems we face as a nation and something that we should address, as you heard with Chris Coons last week. We should address on a bipartisan basis. Stepping aside, when we get back, I want to I wanna wrap up and talk about free speech again because there's a, I got a big free speech issue again hanging out there. Another case of um, liberal hypocrisy, another case of juxta progressivism staring us in the face 
And we'll deal with it next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I hope that wasn't on the air. Shimon, tell me that was not on the air. Thank God. We were just speaking freely. And I was going to say, if it was on the air, then I would like to say thank you for listening to the very last broadcast of Pure Opelka. Uh, We've been having some fun today, perhaps too much fun. And I do trust Shamont Lynch more than I should. And hopefully, (laughs) hopefully this won't be the end. Uh, One of the things that just popped up is the Democrats have done exactly what we thought they were going to do. The Democrats have done uh, what we thought, oh, my God, they're not going to do this. But no, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats have said, if you don't give us an independent investigation into Donald Trump and the Russian situation, we are not going to let you have an FBI director approved. Now, I don't know if they have the votes to stop it because the Democrats set up the situation where uh, all that's needed is a simple majority, 51 votes. So Chuck Schumer, who was out this weekend running in front of cameras and uh, talking about the tapes, the tapes, we want the tapes. If uh, Donald Trump says they're, they're tapes, then we want the tapes. We have to have the tapes. Don't take my w- word for it. This is uh, Chuck Schumer. If there are tapes, the president should turn them over immediately. If- to destroy them would be a violation of law, but he should turn them over to Congress and to the investigators. Trump may have trolled the left brilliantly when he did appear to threaten Jim Comey. When he said the... The FBI director, Jim Comey, better hope there are no tapes. And he used quotes around the word tapes. If there aren't any, he brilliantly trolled the left. I didn't like the threat. I still see it as a threat. But uh, Donald Trump and those, those tape comments have gotten the left just totally out of sorts. Completely out of sorts. So w- we shall see where that goes. Now, did you notice, did you notice the, the story on The Blaze this weekend about Maxine Waters? Yes, the uh, congresswoman from California who is so often giving us so many wonderful, wonderful quotes. Maxine Waters had a town hall in her, her district this past weekend. And uh, a bunch of uh, pro-Trump people showed up and one of them started heckling and got thrown out. And while I don't endorse that, I understand why you may want to do it. But while she was there at her own town hall, 
the woman who has called for the impeachment of Donald Trump more than anybody in yelling impeach 45, impeach 45. Well, she got a dose of uh, impeachment, a dose of her own medicine. For example, on a bus bench outside of the place where she was speaking, someone put up a perfectly sized bus bench banner that reads, Two scoops of ice cream is not fair. Impeach Trump. Maxine Waters. Obviously making fun of the statement that Donald Trump gets two scoops of ice cream when everybody else gets one. Uh, Also at the corner of the intersection where Maxine Waters was holding her town hall at the Inglewood High School, someone changed the street signs to read impeach Maxine Waters and... uh, illegals hurt hurt citizens and it also said and it said illegals hurt blacks and so Maxine Waters also had a poster of her own face that said poverty pimp that was put out that it said sanctuary schools deny legal students so Maxine Waters got a dose of a little bit of street justice I think it's from the artist known as Sabo who we've seen uh, everywhere He's a little unhinged in some ways. I would have invited him on the show, but I don't think we have a long enough dump button to save you from what Sabo might say about Maxine Waters. But just know that the the ironic artwork is up there. It's on the blaze if you want to see it. I should tweet out a link to it. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to uh, have a little bit of fun as we continue to try and skewer the the Democrats for their temper tantrum about the independent investigation. I'm betting it happens. But for them to say that they're not going to permit the president to nominate and get approved an FBI director, that just goes back to the actual opposite of what what Chuck Schumer said when he said we'd prefer an up and down, an up and down vote. And to answer microaggressor on Twitter, no, we were joking around in the break. So apparently something did get out over the air. Shamont, you and I have to talk. The rest of you, testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.